and welcome back to another Scottish documentary podcast. Today we have a unique conversation with the managing editor of All Four, Charlie Palmer. Charlie Palmer oversees All Four's content budget, covering original commissions, acquisitions and TV programme extras and extensions. Charlie is responsible for adapting All Four's editorial proposition across different platforms and creates cross-platform promotion and joined-up commissioning opportunities. In this masterclass, Charlie focuses on film branding and marketing and tells us how to prepare a film for online distribution. So, Charlie, mm. online kind of editor. Yes. Um, tell right. us about kind of, you know, what you do. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm the managing editor for All Four, um, which you probably refer to as 4OD still, but there we go. Um, so, uh, so, basically, I look after the editorial side of the uh, on demand proposition from Channel Four. And basically what that means is, uh, basically under me I've got like two t core teams. Uh, one is the c a commissioning team who are basically buying and acquiring shows, uh, sorry, commissioning and acquiring shows that will be exclusive to all four. Um, but they're also, uh, well as I'll come into a minute, they're curating part of the service into um, channels within all four. And then I've got a separate team who are uh, platform editors. So they're the people who actually decide what you see when you go on the homepage uh, every single day. And really the kind of one of the differences between the two teams is everyone is a curator in, in the team um, and we really believe in the power of curation and, um, and that's a kind of way to get through this kind of world of abundance that we live in. Um, but um, the team who look after the platform side are kind of curating according to the, who the viewer is uh, who's looking at all four at that time. So using all the data we know from, about people and what device they're looking using we curate the homepage according to that. And then the commissioners are there responsible for helping build um, curating channels within all four. So that's where the channel brand starts to, um, uh, it's, the curation is based on what the brand wants to do rather than necessarily what the user's expecting from it. Obviously you're, you're trying to make it so that viewers would want to watch the channel, but it's kind of, it's just a slightly different approach where you're curating to someone's else. It's basically personalization versus brand personality in effect. Um, I've been at like Channel 4 for 11 years now. Um, before that, I was at the BBC. Um, and my background is actually more in the marketing side of things. So um, I, uh, at the BBC, I was a media planner and then became brand manager at Radio 1 uh, for a short period of time. Um, and then when I joined Channel 4, I basically spent the first eight years in marketing uh, and then slowly moved into this, uh, the role that I'm in now. So, I'm not a program maker and the kind of thing that I've learned over the last two years in this job is that I don't know how to make programs. I've got a team who can do that kind of thing for me um, and you've got more, way more expertise. What I love in life is brands. So I love spending my time building brands. So the focus on this, this idea of the channels that we're developing in all four for me is all about creating a whole new bunch of brands that I hope people are gonna end up loving. So that's basically what I do. So maybe you could tell us a little bit, why do we need brands, kind of, you know, when we're talking about uh, programs? Yeah, so at the moment, when you go to all four, we've got, I don't know, I'm, I'm just 10,000 uh, different shows or episodes or, or 10,000 hours or whatever it is. Um, and that's kind of, that's just a vast number of shows and it's a huge amount of abundance. And most research you see is that viewers can usually only remember, like, like two or three shows are connected to a channel um, and the idea is that to try and start to bring shows together so that they start to form a brand you know you can basically uh, create a brand above them um, and that's the thing that we want the user to remember so if they're only going to remember three things about channel four they remember the brand 
um, as in the, the, the sort of channel brand. So as an example, Walter Presents, I don't know if you know, it's a foreign language box set service that we have on all four. So it's in, you know, entirely acquired series from around the world. And you could have just launched all those shows individually, and you could have, but they would have been dropping them into a library of a whole bunch of other things. By bringing this idea of Walter Presents over the top of it, you're making lots of individual shows add up to something more. And what we find is that the people who watch Walter Presents stick within that world and keep coming back over and over again. So essentially, Walter Presents has become a shortcut to a certain kind of um, uh, a sort of feeling and a certain type of programming that certain people will latch onto and they really enjoy. So um, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's what. Brands just offer a, uh, something for the viewer to connect with, ultimately. So, is curating linked to brand, or I mean, what's the relationship between the two things? Well, a brand is a curator, ultimately. A brand is not a product. In my, this is my take on it. Um, they, we often know them as being a particular product, but ultimately, Nike is um, is more of a kind of a feeling, and a, it's curating the world around it. Now, it does that in order to sell you shoes or whatever, but. It's fundamentally the idea of the brand is it's um, it's curating the world. So, for me, there's no that is what a brand ultimately is. Channel Four as a linear isn't just for me the broadcast channel as in the thing that just keeps playing shows out back to back over and over uh, time. It's more the it's the thing that curates a certain type of programming and um, sort of means something to different people. Um, with something like Channel Four, it's obviously such a um, such a, a big beast that actually there's different versions of Channel 4 depending on who you are. So my mom's version of Channel 4 is incredibly different to my version of it. Um, but that's because a linear schedule allows you to be different things at different times. So when I was growing up, Friday nights was sort of the anarchic comedy um, part of the schedule. So that's what my version of Channel 4 was and my mom's would have been probably Countdown or something like that. Um, and that's ultimately what we're trying to mirror or reflect in all four is that rather than just have a whole list of shows, we're sort of going, um, you know, this, these bunch of shows add up to this type of a brand and these shows add up to this type of a brand. And then you put those brands together and you get what Channel 4, the sort of master brand, is. I mean, now that you're dealing with kind of non-linear programming, is branding even more important? I think so, yeah. I think it's the way you, um, you navigate around the world. I think we... Um, you know, I, there's certain things that I return to over and over again to get my get either information or learn about the world. So, and it, it, we've all got our own versions of those. And it's that it's the, it's also you know if you take something like the Guardian, the Guardian brand is all could you know it's just essentially made up of lots of other things like you know individual articles. And it's knowing it's when the Guardian adds all those articles up into being the Guardian what you actually go back to is the Guardian. So it's your, it's, it helps you kind of navigate around the world. But I suppose that means uh, an overall vision in order to be able to create that arc for all those different individual brandings and programs. I mean, how do you actually kind of communicate within the channel or for, you know, in order to create that overall vision for, um. for the main brand? Yeah, yeah, so uh, as it, what, you mean the all four brand or the sub brand? Um, well, I f like I say, so by creating these, these sub brands within it, you are, like I say, you're trying to get, essentially build four or five entities which are themselves substantial enough, and then, but they're all, they've all got their unique take on the world or, you know, they kind of present themselves in a slightly different way. And effectively, they're kind of, ref we sometimes use this visual or this, um, do you know the Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon um, uh, album cover? So 
ultimately Channel 4, the beam of light firing in, at any one time, Channel 4, the broadcast channel, is only one thing because it can only broadcast one thing. But as a brand, that's made up of loads of different elements, which is what the spectrum coming out is. So what we're trying to do is be build within all four those brands that reflect those different parts of the spectrum so that when you actually add them up together, they become the same as the beam of light, if that makes any sense. I don't know if I've explained that very well. But, it makes sense. But yeah. And then, so when you're, in terms of bringing each of the individual brands to life inside all four, they kind of, they work almost like magazines. So um, but at the moment, Walter Presents has 50 different shows. So when you watch a Walter Presents show, you, you get served a sting. So that tells you you're watching Walter Presents. But there's also this element where Walter um, introduces the shows. Um, I was going to make a reference to the movie drone, but probably people won't remember that. But he just kind of explains to you why he's chosen that song. He's, you know, he's watched 3,000 hours of um, foreign dramas over the years, but he's selected certain ones. And this particular show is one of those. So he explains to you a bit about that, and he references other shows that it's like. So um, he talks about Breaking Bad meets uh, Boogie Nights. Um, and then, so that's kind of giving you this sense of the curator that's sitting behind it. Um, and then, so over the time, when we first started Water Presents, there was only like 10 shows, so it was kind of okay. There wasn't that many um, shows to kind of navigate around. That's now built up to like 50, 60 different series. So now we're sort of going, each month Water Presents will focus on a certain subject. So I think at the moment he's doing Friend and Foe. Um, which is basically there's about there's four dramas that are all about people who used to be friends and now rivals or enemies or whatever. So he's now creating like a mini season within all four, a collection in all four that plays to a certain theme. Next month we're doing a Scandi one because we know there's a huge amount, yeah, there's a big audience out there who like Scandi um, drama. So um, and what that so you kind of you get that extra sense of a curation going on, which brings his personality to life again. All the shows are still available. The 50 shows are in the background available, but we're just saying to you, right now, we're going to be this version of Water Presents for you. And it's by doing that month after month, you hopefully, in the way that someone goes back to a newsagent and buys a magazine, I'm trying to get you to come back and go, this is, the, this, is this issue, and next month we're going to do that issue, and so on and so on. But all of those bits always, you've just got to remain absolutely true to what Water Presents is. You can't, you kind of, there's a very clear vision in our heads about what that brand equals and, and, how, he, and how Walter would go about choosing stuff. So. I mean, normally when we talk about branding, we think of uh, commercial, we think about selling, advertising, etc. That's marketing. That's not ah, branding. Okay. And I don't like marketing. As in, <laughs> so I used to do marketing, but I, the buying of posters and things like that is, it never really floated in my boat. The bit I love is the branding bit, which is, the bit, it's the bit that's trying to say this is, a, this is what the personality of this entity is. It's the feeling it's trying to in, inspire you with and stuff like that. That's what, a, that's what the branding is. So, and that usually that has lots of different elements of terms of the look and feel of it. And when we were launching Water Presents, so, you know, I, was, I was getting really pernickety about even just like tiny little sounds just to make sure they felt like exactly the right kind of sound because I knew that I wanted it to, there was basically versions that came through that felt very electronic and I was like, no, this is a man sitting in his living room choosing these shows for you. So it can't be electronic and it can't be sort of industrial sounding. It has to feel, I can't remember, I, I'm useless at articulating myself. So I, I think I said it just sounds, have to sound organic. <laughs> no idea what that actually means, but. Um, <laughs> but, but it was basically, he had to, it, like you had to be able to hear him scribbling a, 
on a piece of paper. That's what you need to ultimately sound like. It couldn't be like someone sort of slamming a door or whatever it would be. Um, so yeah, so, so there's, you kind of got the visual elements of it and the, the audio bits that come to life. But then it's also the sensibility, the way it then decides to curate things. So um, I'm trying to, I can't think of it. He, he wouldn't do, uh, he just wouldn't talk about things in the way that E4 talks about things. That's just not his style. He wouldn't sort of be that ironic and stuff like that. So there's the kind of, the, it's what you actually look, see and feel, but then there's the way it behaves as, you know. And ultimately brands are, they're kind of just, you're trying to create a person, a personality. That's fundamentally what they are. So, I mean, where, where do you start? Do you start with the branding first and then somehow hoping that it will acquire kind of an audience for it? Or do you actually have an audience in mind yeah. and you define the branding in relation to yeah, 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 you define it according to the audience. So, <laughs> um, the, so basically the journey we've been on this year that sounded horribly American, didn't it? The journey. Um, the, so we kind of launched Walter Presents like a year ago. And we, we knew we wanted to do some more of that, some more of those. But we basically have got this uh, archive of shows. Um, and there's so many sort of classic hits from the last 30 years. But, you know, we wanted to help people discover them again. Um, so because of all the data that we get about viewing habits and things like that, we were able to look at them and basically try and a, we found audience groups who seemed to have similar tastes, so they were sort of watching similar kind of shows as each other. Um, they weren't necessarily defined by their demographic. Um, it, like I say, it was more about the kind of things that they went for, and we're trying to now work out why they go for those kinds of things. So, um, I don't know, does a Hollyoaks viewer like true crime documentaries because they like crime, or because they like sort of tabloidy kind of um, uh, sort of uh, language? Um, so we're sort of playing around. Anyway, so start. You work out who your audience group is, and kind of, and then look at the shows that they uh, watch. And you can't curate based on all those shows, but if you can find little pockets of it, and you go, well, actually, those shows feel like they come together to become this kind of a brand. And then you start to go, well, if that brand was to exist, how would it talk about itself, and where are you trying to get it to? So one of the other channels um, will be, is a kind of it's aimed at young um, young male gamers. So we don't really have any gaming program right now. We don't have an authority to launch a gaming show because what does Channel 4 know about gaming? I shouldn't say <laughs> Might edit that out. <laughs> but we have got a load of comedies which um, get what viewed on consoles. So things like Peep Show, In Between Us, Father Ted, they, all, they get viewed on consoles. And my guess is that what's happening is that people are sort of playing a game for like three hours and they want that half hour break but they don't want to invest in a like seven hour or seven season long series. So they just dive into a sitcom where they know they can just pick and choose an episode here and there. So anyway, so you're sort of going, right, there's a, we've got that audience group over there, we've got the shows over here, we know where we want that thing to get to. So to get the authority to, be, to sort of play in the gaming world, we're gonna present and curate those shows, but using the sensibility and the vernacular and the grammar of the gaming world to explain them. So, you know, I start to pitch them. If we've got, if we're trying to sell a Mitchell and Webb collection, we do it Mitchell versus Webb, and it's all designed to look a bit like Street Fighter and all that kind of stuff. So we're using the the gaming world to inspire the way we talk because we know we want to eventually get into that space. Um, and hopefully, by doing that, the viewers will start to go, yeah, Channel Four gets this world. They get me, so we can we get the authority to be able to do that in the future. Okay. So you can't do anything. 
until you get your audience, really. So what's your strategy for your audience? Uh, well, so I guess, you know, we're lucky in one sense that we um, inherit a huge amount of shows and therefore audience as a result of the linear channel. So people coming in to catch up on what was on Channel 4. Do follow? Does the audience follow the programme? Well, as in we see, we get, you know, a huge part of our viewing is done to catch up programming. So it's not necessarily, we can't identify an individual viewer from that show to that show, to, you know, watching something on linear to watching it on all four. but. You could look at it and go, well, I don't know, this person's only watched episodes one and six of Made in Chelsea on all four. You could probably assume that they watch the other five, four on telly. Um, so you can't, so you, but it's more that just, you know, our history and most people probably think we are still a catch-up service and therefore they come to us with that in mind. We, you know, they, they put us uh, in their heads alongside iPlayer and ITV Hub. What we're trying to do is get them to a place where they start to think of us more like Netflix or Amazon because we have got that, that library. Um, so anyway, we inherit an audience naturally as part of what Channel 4 is doing. Um, but then what we're trying to do now is by, we're, by creating these collections and these brands and when we commission into them or acquire into them, we're looking for uh, shows and ideas that we think can play out into the open platforms like Facebook and YouTube and tell that audience that we've got something that they want on all four, and then when they get there, that's part of a collection, so they, run, they then start to watch more shows from us. So, yeah. I mean, in the old days, as a filmmaker, when I wanted to pitch an idea to um, one of the commissioning editors, it was yeah. fairly straightforward, you know, I had the name, I knew what kind of interest, you know, what yeah. the brief of that, to, uh, of that person had. Yeah. But now, kind of, you know, how do we come to you? I mean, it's um, it feels like a, a very kind of hidden name. <laughs> um, it's more, you know, I, we get submitted ideas all the time, but I guess sort of the thing I'd sort of, you know, you need to understand what a broadcaster is trying to do in the first place. So. Um, Effectively, if I'm trying to sort of create create these three these channels inside all four, when an idea gets pitched to me, I kind of have three questions that go through my head. Firstly, does it fit with one of the channels, or could the idea be made to work with one of those channels? Um, if we Why got because if it's not doing that, then it's not really it's not helping grow the business ultimately. Okay. So I'm and also because that means I can get an audience to it. If it fits, if it doesn't fit inside one of those channels then the danger is, or the risk is, you're trying to launch a single thing in a world of abundance, and that's incredibly hard. So by saying it can work into one of the channels, it means I can, I can get an audience to it, hopefully, and ho it's also doing something to reinforce that brand and help that brand grow and um, uh, expand. So that's question number one. Second question is, do I think this can bring in an audience to all four? So, what is it about the commission that we could do or it already has a part of it which means that we can leverage it off platform and make noise around it which helps get people to the to the door and then the third bit is um what have i got to curate it with because it could be that it fits really well with the brand but if i can't if we can't curate it alongside three other shows it's gonna struggle to kind of find you know we're not gonna be able to do what we need to be able to do with it or it's not gonna that we won't have the shows to tell people to go on and watch. So those are the kind of three sort of checks that I sort of go through in my head to decide whether I think someone's got legs or not. But the actual process of how ideas come to us, um, we have contact details on the website so people can submit ideas via that. Normally people come to us with a production company on board. Um, 
Um, so that's quite important just, you know, to help nurture the idea and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but we're kind of an open door, but, you know, we obviously get a load of ideas and treatments sent to us all the time. So to stand out, you need to almost have in mind what is it that the broadcaster might get out of it? Or why is this even right for this, for, for Channel 4? Uh, you know, th th that's, that's quite hard to tick those three boxes. So, um, yes, the, the actual brief is open, but if it can't, you know, like a food program for E4, just, I'd be like, well, I don't know what else I can put a food program for E4 on. So that's quite, you know, that sort of, that makes that one a bit hard. Now, do I want to make food programs for E4 in the future? Well, I mean, maybe, but we're going to have to somehow earn our way to that point. At the moment, it would sort of sit on its own in isolation. So, um, so yeah. My vision for these, or our vision for these um, verticals or channels is that they, um, they need to be absolutely sort of multimedia. So they need to have a, ver you know, they need to exist on the linear channel, they need to exist off platform, so YouTube and social, and they need to exist on all, on all four itself. So, because that's, a brand is basically um, amphibious in that kind of a way. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm constantly talking to the other commissioners to see what is it that they've got that can help work into that. So, because like I say, a big part of what we, um, those curations are going to in part be based on what the linear channel is telling the world all four is, or channel four is doing at that moment in time and is creating an audience for us that's coming into all four. So if, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of, if first dates was on last night, then we know that's there are people coming to all four who like first dates. So if we had a curation that worked off the back of first dates, then we've got a good chance of getting viewers to it. Likewise, but if we can also find a way for that to bring audiences from who aren't currently looking at the linear channel or coming to all four, then we get two groups of audiences coming in. So you come to the all four homepage, and this is the point at which it is being um, curated according to the user. So uh, I am signed in, so all four knows that I'm in a particular taste group. So the reason I've been served some of these is because they, the person at the other end knows something about me. So, um, but there are plenty of other people who have seen the same thing. So that's usually just telling you what our big priorities are right now. But then as you go down the page, we start to introduce the idea of these collections. So we get past the kind of algorithmically generated ones and you start to get into things like this. So Funny Freshers is, um, so E4 Presents is one of the channels that we're, we're creating, um, just because that, the E4 brand is incredibly strong, but it doesn't really exist in the E4 world currently, but that's what we're trying to do. So Funny Freshers was just, uh, we've got four shows, one of, two of which pretty much everyone will have heard of. Uh, teachers, uh, my generation have definitely heard of that. I don't know if enough if younger viewers have, uh, will know of it, but uh, they'll know Andrew Lincoln. Do people know teachers? Am I? Yeah. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> exactly. I'm glad. Um, so anyway, it teachers, incredibly brilliant, uh, very funny drama from when I was 18. Uh, Andrew Lincoln, obviously Walking Dead. So. Uh, what we're trying to do here is basically say, because you like Fresh Meat and the Betweeners, there are two other shows we think you might like, which is Teachers and Mr. Student Body President. Um, Mr. Student Body President is an American show. Um, and so then, then you've got, so you've got the E4, uh, and I'll go to it in a minute, then that'll take us off to the E4 page. So, but if you continue down the page, um, we've got another channel sort of working its way, but it's not quite a brand as such yet, but this documentary is one. Um, so we had a, a Queen Victoria doc on All More For a couple of nights ago, so we're trying to 
um, lead people use that to lead people into a docs space. Um, here you've got Walter Presents doing his thing, so um, using this kind of visual device as a shortcut to try and say um, friends torn apart kind of thing. Uh, and again, you can you can dive off to see Walter Presents. So effectively, as a viewer, you're hopefully uh, being served. Um, in amongst curations that the team are doing, who, which are based on um, the user, so things like True Crime is there to try and tap a certain audience group. You've got these channel brand ones coming in. Um, and then... So then you get to a page which is the U4 Presents page, and that's where, effectively, the, this month's magazine is uh, the Funny Freshers one. Um, but then if you scroll down, you start to see other ones that E4 has done in the past. So the Bonkers Guide to Love, um, Celebs Just Doing Stuff, a collection around uh, nips, tucks and tats. Um, so those start to make, th that's where E4 is coming to life. So you're basically taking people from a homepage uh, which has been curated for them. So in the future, not everyone would be getting the E4. My mom won't see E4 Presents. Um, she'll definitely see Walter Presents and she might see other ones. So they come together on the homepage like that, and then you take people off, and they start to they can delve into those worlds. What I'm trying to do ultimately by creating this brand is get people to start coming back to this and thinking, I want to go to E4 Presents this month because I want to see what's going on. I've got I want you know it's Saturday morning, I'm in that kind of a mood. Um, so E4 usually taps um, or fits into that kind of mentality. So I'm going to go to that um, space. Uh, rather than kind of going, I'm going to go to Netflix. That's basically what I'm trying to do. Um, so then, um, does that explain a bit? Yes. Um, and then when you, what we're looking at at the moment is then when you start to watch, if you press play on something, how do we use that? The moment you're watching, we've got, you know, that's when we've got your undivided attention, really. You're kind of, you're absolutely focused on the screen. So again, we're looking at the ways that we reinforce that, um, the idea of evil presents in that world. So in the linear world, you get continuity and things, uh, so as in, you know, the guy who speaks before a show starts to say what's coming up and he speaks at the end to say what's coming next. So we're looking at bringing that kind of a, um, that sort of personal touch into this world, which is quite hard to do on an on-demand basis because uh, everyone's watching loads of different things at the same time, but we think we've worked out how to pull it off. Um, so we're gonna try sort of introducing that kind of an idea into this world. So again, it kind of dials up this sense of it being an actual human curated thing rather than a kind of just uh, technology generated piece. Can't trust the viewer to just find very <laughs> material. No, 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 but it is. It's like I find it incredibly hard. Like in a world of like with so much stuff going on, I need things or people to help me discover stuff. And yeah, and you know, Netflix and and, and Amazon go down that very technologically driven approach. So uh, the algorithm, but that's just not. A, we're never going to be able to compete with them on quite on that level because they've got way more money to invest in that kind of thing. But also, it's not quite true to Channel 4's original. Um, spirit, we've always been like human curators. So we're trying to find a blend which takes data and uh, what we know about the viewer, but add that human element on top of it. So, you know, we're effectively what we're doing here is because you like, because you watch this, you might want to watch this, but we're doing it in hopefully a creative, interesting way rather than just serving it as an algorithm. I think the most important thing is you've got to try and work out like who is the basically the partner, the brand, the publisher that you can work with to help get your shows out there. And that's the point where, so if you're bringing an idea to Channel 4, you need to have looked at it and gone, I want to be this kind of a 
filmmaker and this is my effectively you've all got brands that's what you're trying to do you may not think of it in that term but I think I'd argue that's what you're ultimately trying to do and you're trying to blend that with a channel brand or a publisher brand but you need to be think about which publisher matches and mirrors with yours so um, you know if you take so like YouTube vloggers they've obviously each got their own channel and they're doing their own thing and they've got their own sort of brand personality and they can collaborate with each other to help swap audiences and sort of help each other grow but they can only do it with certain ones who share a similar sensibility so that when they merge those two brands together, it makes sense to the view. If they went off with someone who had a completely different perspective on the world, it would just be a fucking car crash, basically. So you've got to think about who the publisher out there essentially can help you out, but also you can help them out. So like I say, I'm tr as all four, I'm trying to we're trying to grow these brands inside, inside the thing, so they've got a very clear uh, proposition and things like that. So you should only really bring an idea for, to, to us if you think we're good for you and that you can be good for us. The other part of all of this is like with the Docs channel, I'm sort of thinking about how can we, what are the things that we need to commission to help new audiences discover this stuff that we, they don't know exists. That I've spent, you know, I've got documentaries in mind for the last 15 years, which I absolutely adore and I love to bits, but other people just don't know they exist. So I'm trying to think about how can I help you discover that in the first place. But that, you, in order to do that, you've got to package up and curate in a way that helps the viewer find their way through that thing. And also trying to find links between these different channels so that they don't, so that if, I, if you've come in for E4, I can find a way to also introduce you to this thing over here. So if you take something like, um, Dead Set, which was an E4 um, show, uh, a sort of uh, zombie drama written by Charlie Brooker. That was originally uh, commissioned as an E4 show and can play perfectly into this world. But I also think as a miniseries, it's got an attribute, as in it's a miniseries, as in it's five episodes long, you don't have to binge on it. So one of the other channels we're looking at is a miniseries type space. So trying to satisfy people who just want to, almost like a reading it, like a, like a book over a weekend. So. I can find a way to then connect E4 Presents via Deadset to someone watching the state, which is completely going to you know, open their minds up. So it's trying to find ways to sort of connect the dots that way. But you've still got to have brands, I think, to help people even get to that in the first place. So documentary is currently, when it comes to the categories, it falls under factual, um, but we're kind of aware that's not that's kind of like an internal way of describing rather than, you know, words like factual and fact end and formats aren't things that the viewer necessarily understands. But we've seen in research that viewers also call first dates documentary or 24 hours in an E documentary because they don't know what to quite call it because it's not comedy, it's not drama. So hence why there's this kind of um, factual category. But one of our things, so when I describe doc define documentary, I'd probably say it's a... I fuck knows what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I jump to my head of saying it's a one-off film, like a 60-minute piece like My Son the Jihadi or something like that. But then I think Murder Detective is also documentary, but I don't think First Dates or 24 Hours in E is quite documentary, although it kind of is. So um, what we're trying to do is... Um, almost like create a channel which can is designed to serve up the, a, a space that can do the kind of one-off 
uh, interrogation of a particular, particular subject matter, and then we'll find other ways to serve up other kinds of documentary. But what we're trying to do is not give it a traditional name like documentary or um, uh, uh, what kind of factual uh, format or whatever. So we'll find something else where, but I think in my head documentary is sort of, I don't know, it's like true stories, it's real life. But you can't call, yeah, it's, but then other things are real life, but they're fictionalized in a way. So, so I don't know, it's hard. It's a bit of reflection in it. Yeah. But it, again, that's why it's about, for me, it's trying to find the brand entity which you just understand what its perspective on the world is uh, or the kind of things as it's trying to share so that I don't have to try and label something in one way or another as a genre. I'm labeling it as a, as a sort of outlook on the world, a sensibility. Maybe the word reality is the word that the audience would probably use to describe first dates, but it is, it's one of those ones that's just, they are the viewers are confused, and they certainly don't understand the internal language that we use to describe different pieces, but um, so again, for me, I'm trying to find a, uh, a sort of brand sensibility um, that can override and kind of articulate itself to, to so for me, maybe a, this a documentary's channel is sort of, uh, it's sort of aimed at the inquisitive mind, is ultimately it. So it's trying to find a way that kind of describes itself in that context. So we've got, uh, yeah, we've got a documentary's um, uh, channel that's or vertical that's gone live. Um, so it kind of it sort of looks at different. It tries to curate it into subgenres uh, or, su or particular subject matters. The thing is, we're trying to currently work out what the th to describe that thing at the top is and what the kind of curating principles of it are. So if it's a magazine, then I don't know whether you would kind of describe something on, you know, you kind of go the true crime edition, but maybe you would, it's maybe it needs to look at a particular subject matter. So if you want to deep dive into this space, um, you would kind of go into you'd that, so it'd find its curating principle based on that, but it's quite a hard one. But as a page, this has quite a lot of breadth within it. Um, but we, yeah, we're just trying to work out what it's next day. But also, again, like I said, we're trying to find ways for that to connect into other spaces. So uh, when you've got a, a drama like The State, you can, that actually fits quite neatly with documentaries uh, that we've got about uh, Islamic State. So actually, maybe the thing we need to do is get the viewer from the state into that, rather than saying, here's just the drama space. You're kind of going, here's a drama, and here's, you know, essentially you're trying to reflect the idea of someone going in a wormhole where they're watching a drama about a particular subject and then they end up Googling the subject matter on their phone. So maybe there's a way to kind of take people off in that kind of way, which is a way that we would shine a light on all these documentaries which people don't know exist. So we're using a big drama to introduce them to this other world, which then takes them off to this world where they can explore more documentaries. Just to carry on on Netflix, I mean, as a producer, I mean, for me, going to Netflix kind of seems to a, satisfy my budget, better, <laughs> but also definitely kind of in terms of you know, the, the creative documentary, having the freedom to make a 90 minute or 100 minutes or whatever one-off kind of documentary to explore uh, more in depth some specific kind of issue or situation, yeah. etc. Um, I mean, they're very much offering that to filmmakers. I mean, do you think that 
one day you would get a hearing that way? Uh, can you explain how you think they're offering that? Well, uh, A, I mean, they go to uh, documentary markets, talk to producers, you know, go to pitching firms, etc. And yes. literally commission saying, yes, you know, I, I like you know, this idea. Yeah, um, but that's what Channel 4 does kind of all the time anyway, so... They used to, but no, not so much. I mean, the presence of Channel 4 in uh, commissioning forums is uh, very limited, reduced. Um, okay. Which, it is interesting, I mean, it's very different. Yeah, I, mean, I, I sort of, we're out and about all the time going to commissioning forums, so, um, and that's what we, as a business, we have to be out there um, looking for ideas, so I, in a way, I kind of I don't I, I think we are doing that. So I can't, I don't quite. No, but oh, you know w whether we're commissioning the kind of thing that you yeah. think we should be commissioning is a different matter. No, no, but I, that's mean, a, I think there's room for commissioning yeah. many different things. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, but I suppose I mean, uh, I mean here because we we talk more about creative documentary. Uh, Netflix would be more Yeah, but ultimately, yeah, I mean, I'd, I've, I've never worked at Netflix, but I believe what's going, what's happening behind the scenes is they're looking at the data they've got on viewers and who watches different things together. So, you know, House of Cards probably came about because they knew that people, they had a group of audiences that liked David Fincher and that liked Kevin Spacey and liked political dramas, so they ended up going for that show. So I don't think they're just out there saying, we'll, we'll commission anything. Documentary channel is based on the stuff that we've got in the library, so making sense of that, and then where that thing ends up going, I you know I don't know yet because we you know we're sort of trying to we'll be testing over the coming years what kind of things that audiences will, you know, but ultimately if audiences currently are coming to all four for a certain kind of thing, then it's about serving that and then nurturing that to become some to where we want it to be. Um, in this, in, I guess in the same way I was saying the kind of description I was giving for the gaming um, thing. So you can't, we're working with the archive content we've currently got and then working out how do we frame that and position it and develop it out uh, to be able to do the thing that we want. We've got to do the same thing with documentary. We've got to work out by curating it in certain ways. I, we've only just launched that, um, that channel, so I don't know which of these subject matters are going to bite. So, as we see what people sort of go for and the, you know, what, what the stretch is, we can then start to move and do different things. We'll also be talking to Film 4 and trying to work out what's the Film 4 presence in this world. Um, but I guess ultimately one of the challenges is you've got to have a large enough volume. If we wanted to do a kind of cinematic documentaries thing in all four, we'd need to get a, vo vo a volume of it for it to become something that we're known for. And that's not something you can just do overnight. A brand can't be made up of just one or two things. It's got to be, you've got to own that right. And so, you know, if we want audience, if we want to start hosting that stuff on all four, we've got to let the audience know that we've got or something of that, you know, that scale. So I guess going back to the Walter thing, that kind of only, you know, we could have just launched at the very start, if we had just launched one international show and branded it as Walter Presents, no one would know what that thing is. We're now, we started off by saying, here's, Half, here's a dozen shows, those things add up to Water Presents, and then we've built up to 50. So you've got to launch with something of scale, um, which is why you can't launch any of the, the channels that we're thinking. You can, it's very hard to just launch them with commissions alone because it's very, you know, you can't launch a TV channel with, you know, E4 when it first launched was 
made up of um, first runs of Channel 4 shows and um, um, acquisitions that it got from America and repeats. And then over time, it became a channel that was almost you know, commissioning a huge amount of stuff for itself. But to get to that place, you've got to start with the kind of content you can get to. In a way, my, this kind of micro-curations of doing things in fours is kind of... And the reason we're doing that is we're trying to replicate what happens in the linear world. So the idea of sort of scheduling a 9 p.m. dock after a thing at 8 o'clock, which you knew was going to deliver this kind of an audience, then a scheduler was having to make that decision and was deciding the best way to get viewers to watch that documentary is to put it after this show because they share a sensibility. If you'd have put it after, I don't know, some kids programming, it would have died a death. So a scheduler was having to think in that kind of a way anyway. But even within all of that, I've, I would have thought that a sort of producer or um, filmmaker would be having to look at Channel 4 as a broad thing and saying, well, does this show play into the brand sensibility of Channel 4 as a broadcast channel? So where, whilst you wouldn't necessarily think I'm, I'm doing it to sit at that, in that one single slot there, it would have to tonally fit with what Channel 4 tends to do anyway. Yeah, so I, yeah, so it's sort of like saying, think with these channels, it's sort of saying that is the way, that's what that zone channel feels like. And then by seeing the sub-curations, you start to understand the w different ways it will curate kind of stuff. Um, and therefore, you can think, well, does the documentary or the idea I've got play into that world or not? Because if it doesn't, we're not doing any, each other any favors at all because I can't help you find an audience and you can't help me find an audience. So we're not kind of working together in a, in a harmonious way. And there's probably someone else out there who could do that job for, you know, could be, would be a much better partner. So. Ultimately, what we don't want to do is, from our perspective or your perspective, is put a show on all four and then not even get, you know, or struggle to get viewers to it, because then that creativity hasn't seen the light of day. I guess one of the things that I'm, one of the ways you could help an, a show find an audience or, or an idea find an audience is to use, to think about how it exists off open platforms. And I think, I wonder if, as a, you know, for us to help new talent emerge, Rather than kind of diving in and going, here's the half hour, 60 minute thing that's going to sit on all four, we start to think, well, for these brands to be um, amphibious and live off loads of different platforms, we need content to make them exist on YouTube and social media or whatever. So maybe one of the ways to nurture talents and formats and ideas is to play into that space off platform and then use that ground to kind of um, ultimately develop. So. And what that does for us as a brand is help us, um, you know, it gives us a life off platform. So that reinforces the brand and helps people uh, understand what we mean, but also gives us a chance to nurture ideas in a, in a way that um, allows us to eventually put them on all four or move, you know, the thing across to all four. So as a kind of, a, maybe I'm not explaining that very well, but as an example, uh, we've got a show called Rage Room launching on Monday, um, which is, uh, it's a bit like Room 101, if you know that show, where people who've got some kind of grievance with the world um, come into the rage room and in front of Russell Kane and a celebrity guest kind of rant about the thing that they're annoyed about and if, they, um, if they're successful they get to go into a rage room and basically smash up the thing that they're annoyed with. But when you take that idea you can break it down into its core parts is is watching someone rant about the world an interesting thing to watch? Do people want to see that kind of thing? So 
we could have just basically taken bits of that and put that on YouTube to see whether people responded well to that. If they like, if they share it, then that tells us that that part, particular bit of the idea can work. Then the other bit of it is the smashing up of the rage room. So does that, you know, by filming that and putting that out there, does that um, generate interest or not? And if you get those two bits flying, then you can bring them together into the actual program idea. Then by introducing um, the celebrity guests and all that, you're, use, you're finding another way to um, sort of bring audiences to that. So you're trying to find ways to kind of test out an idea and develop it over time so that it, you know, you ultimately build an audience desire for that thing. Yeah, so it sort of depends. Uh, you know, if you kind of did a test, if you, did, you, you could put a test out there, and if you got an immediately very strong feedback, then that gives you the confidence to sort of go on and take that to the, you know, take it forward. But what you might find is you get uh, a lukewarm response. So then you go, okay, well, how do we improve on that? And how do we sort of test, you know, take it to, you know, we've all, in the history, you know, TV's always created kind of development pots and pilots and things like that. What we're trying to think about is, how do we do that in a way that where we actually get information from the audience that helps us make that to the best it can possibly be? How long that takes will depend on the idea and what, um, you know, what needs to be developed. So, like I said, basically the documentaries one is one of those. So we can do E4 in the way that we because ever, we know what E4 is and we know how it's grown itself over 15 years. With the documentaries one we're essentially using the platform and the reason we haven't given it a proper brand name yet is because we're not quite sure ourselves what is exactly the right proposition for that's going to get the most sort of interest and so the, so in, in a way yes it is eclectic but we're going to be using that to try and finesse it and work out what is the right approach for that so i think i don't have a sort of time scale as to but you know my hope is that within six months we can do something that's much more clear and defined in what its sort of curating principle is. The way I sort of talk to my team about it is the job of the commission editor is to hold on to the vision as to really the context in which it's going to be viewed and what that, so they're not getting into the prescription, you know, trying to edit it for the producer or the filmmaker. That's not, I don't think that's what we're there to do, but we do have to ensure that the end result gets to a place that it can work for what, you know, the, it works for the channel, it can, uh, it's got enough to get a sort of broad audience from an all four perspective that we can curate it into the, you know, if we've got in mind that we're going to curate it alongside a certain number of shows, we need to ensure it remains within possible to do that. So I always say, like, add, if we're making notes, it should be more kind of like, how could you do this? Or, you know, if we can it be made to feel more in this kind of a space but it shouldn't be sort of saying please change that thing at two minutes so three and that at that and that i don't think that's hopefully we pose the question to the producer or the filmmaker for them to work out the solution to the question so i think the most important thing is the idea and if you uh if it was a new filmmaker who'd never done anything before then we might suggest that they partner with someone who can give us the assurance that the idea uh that the, 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 the idea can see reality, basically. Um, so I think, but fundamentally, the idea is the most important thing in the mix. Um, but it's not, yeah, it's, it's just, our job, again, is about, as commissioners, is to help make a vision a reality. So if we feel like that a, a filmmaker has the skills to just go off and do that himself, we let them do that. 
but it might be that we think actually you might need a mentor, you might need guidance, whatever, to help that thing become reality. And our job is to help people out, help get sort of people to that to the to the to the to actually make that idea reality. We're fundamentally trying to get an, a great idea onto screen. There are plenty more documentary podcasts available online on our SoundCloud page, www.soundcloud.com forward slash scottdoc. If you would like to watch the masterclasses with clips, then please head on over to our website, www.scottishdocinstitute.com.